0: Good morning. What do you think? Colorful, huh? Nah, you think, where's the fashion police? (laughs) She needs a makeover. Doesn't fit together at all. But it does indicate that I love colorful things. This comes from all over the world. This hat is from Guatemala, South America. This bag, by the way, is from the Netherlands, where I'm from. This scarf, look how beautiful. Peacocks. This is from China. This this jacket, and this is the last thing I'm taking off. (laughs) This jacket is from India. These earrings are from Kansas City, you know, the Midwest, totally different culture too. (laughs) Colorful things, different cultures. I love diversity. I love the creativity that it brings. I love different cultures. I have lived on five different continents with nine different cultures. Now, I don't speak all nine different cultures, but I do get by in about five different languages. I've visited many different, uh, different, other different countries. So this is how it goes. First, you're in your own culture, in your own country, and you see others coming in from other cultures, and you think, they're a little weird. They do things differently. And then you visit another country and you, you start to get to know the, the country a little, their history, and you feel how warm it is, or you climb their mountains, or, or you visit their, their, their beaches, or their, their, um, their pampas, or, or whatever it is. And you start to realize why they live differently than you live, or why they eat differently than you, than you eat, why they go to bed so late because it's so warm so late and then the more cultures you visit or the more countries you visit the more um, different circumstances you are exposed to the more you suspend your judgment about things that are different now judgment that's an interesting word so It it covers a whole range from the last judgment with all capitals where our almighty God will pronounce matters of eternal life to all the way over here, the nano level. Do you know that our brain gathers information in a matter of like that? nanoseconds, and it makes a judgment on what it is, what this information is. You know, you walk, you walk on the street and all of a sudden you see your sister, but wait a minute, it can't be your sister because she lives in Akron, Ohio, so it can't be your sister. So, oh, all right, that's, that's not your sister. So here you see something about your brain and judgment, your brain can be wrong so that's if you then move up a little bit you can actually suspend your judgment because you're not always right in your judgment yeah that's right so this is a privilege of a missionary when we travel we meet so many different people and we learn about so many different cultures and 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 habits and Geography and so many things. So when we were at headquarters, we had the privilege of working with um, a young man who, who um, organized the teams of young people going on short-term missions. And he was very smart. He taught them this phrase, that's different, but that's okay. Or rather, and that's okay. So that's different and that's okay. How about we say that together? That's different and that's okay. That's right. Things are different and that's okay. They don't always have to be exactly the way we do it because people live differently. People live in different circumstances. People live with different backgrounds. All right. So far so good. Who here likes to drink coffee? I do. All right, not everyone, that's different and that's okay. All right, so let me start with this example. This is a nice Dutch coffee cup. You see the Dutch houses, right? So in the Netherlands, between 10 o'clock and 10.30, we have coffee time. So this is a nice, nice size um, a coffee cup. This is just about how much coffee we drink in one time. And you know what? Coffee time is just a set time. You don't even have to name the time when you invite a friend for coffee. You just say, come over for coffee, and they know exactly what time. That's how set we are in our ways. Coffee time is between 10 and 10.30. Dutch cup of coffee. Now, when you go to France, you can find a French cup of coffee because what the French do, they make a nice dark coffee with a lot of milk, cafe au lait, right? And then they have this piece of baquet, uh, uh, the French bread, butter on it, some apricot jam on it, and then they dip it in it. Yeah, you can't dip your bucket in, in a coffee cup like that. So you need a big cup, right? Oh, it's very good. I can recommend it. Oh, let's put it here. All right, but then you travel to Italy and you get a cup of espresso, right? Yeah, oh, that'll make your hair stand up. Yeah. Or put hair on your chest. Yeah, that's, that's what my mom said. So, then we traveled to Taiwan, and I I thought, okay, I wanna lower the amount of uh, caffeine drinking, and Taiwan, that's that's not a coffee country, that's a tea country, so I'll get rid of the the caffeine there. Mm -mm. It had just become fashionable in Taiwan to drink coffee. So just about every corner had a coffee shop. So this is one of our Taiwanese coffee cups. Just good memories. I never got rid of the coffee there. Okay. What else? Oh yeah. Even before I married Daryl, I made a trip to Vietnam. And this is how they drank coffee in Vietnam. They put a little bit of coffee ground, or ground coffee in here. And believe me, they grew one of the, some of the best coffee on the hills of Vietnam. For the lid, oh, here, first, some hot water in here, put the lid on it, and it took forever, but it dripped in here until you had just a little bit of very strong coffee in here. Uh, We were with a group of Dutch people and we couldn't quite stomach it. We all asked for some hot water, but in the end we had some coffee that we could drink and it was great. You know what? You then buy a bag of the coffee, take it home, and it never tastes the same, right? It just tastes good where you are, yeah. I also made a trip to the Middle East. And we got some really, really strong coffee there. I I mentioned strong coffee here, but that was coffee that you could just put a teaspoon in there and it stood right up. (laughs) Woof. But their coffee was made with cardamom. Now that was special coffee. And it came in a cup like this. You see so many different cultures represented by so many different kinds of coffee. Now this is an American cup of coffee, (laughs) there you go. That's different and that's okay. You see so many different cultures and so many different kinds of coffee. And that's just an example of course. It goes all throughout what people eat, what people drink, how they dress how they raise their children, how late their children go to bed. Hey, look, in the Netherlands, we believe that you, your child ought to be in bed early and sleep long because that's good for the brain, right? That's how your brain develops in them. never mind. It's just different. We believe about these, we, we have thoughts about these things differently. We need to learn that that's okay. (sighs) See, here's the hard thing. Sometimes these cultural differences are not that easy. This is easy. I, I can like different kinds of coffee. It's hard to like how people raise their kids differently, how hard they play their music, how they think about politics. How they think about religion. Phew, let's just move on. Phew. Suspension of judgment, that's the key here folks, because that means that we look for ways of understanding each other, that we look past the outside and eventually we hope to come to understanding and love. Why is that important? What does this even have to do with God? Well, everything. Because it's God who created all this diversity. It is God who loves variety. It is God who in Jesus Christ redeems personal and cultural uniqueness. Did you know that? Did you know that when Christ makes us Christ-like, that we don't all become this Middle Eastern man, but that we yeah, you're right, we don't, but that we all become more ourselves? Isn't it amazing that when Christ redeemed us, we all become more ourselves? I don't know how it happened. How it happens, but that's how it is. So in Revelations 5, verse 9, we have four living beings, 24 elders, and they sing this new song to the Lamb. You are worthy to take the scroll and break its seal and open it, for you were slaughtered, and your blood has ransomed people from God, for God, from every tribe, and language and peoples and nations. This is God's plan for all of creation to return to him and glorify him and enjoy him. Not for all of them to look like us, for all of them to be themselves and to return to him. So that is the privilege of a missionary and frankly, anyone who travels. To see God at work in another country, and to hear his praises and his word in another language. I tell you, some of the most moving services have been in um, churches where I couldn't understand a word, but felt the spirit move. I, I, I get goosebumps as I think of it. So that is a glimpse of the kingdom of God. See, the kingdom of God is a smorgasbord, that's a Swedish word by the way, of different songs in different languages, different kinds of music, not not just our English songs or our Dutch songs translated in Swahili and in Chinese. No, Swahili songs and Chinese songs different ways to worship our King. In the kingdom of heaven there are innumerable ways and forms of serving the King. Just as many as there are different gifts and tasks as our King has given his servants. And in God's kingdom there are as many ways to be Christ-like as there are kingdom people. The fact that we are different and yet belong together is actually the hallmark of God's kingdom. Listen to this, a new commandment I have given you, love one another as I have loved you. And this of course is Jesus speaking. So you must love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Jesus said this in John 13, verse 34. So the people in the world will recognize us, not by the laws we keep, not by the fact that we go to church on Sunday, or by what party we belong to, but by the fact that we love one another in fact that we the fact that we love people who don't look like us, what you get along? Yes, how? Through the love of God. How? I don't have it in myself, but God gives it to me. Naturally, I don't have this. I, I frankly, I don't even like that person, but God does it in me, through me. That's the mark of the kingdom. So we are truly kingdom people when we say to each other, you are so different. And that's okay because God loves you and God loves me. And I want to learn to love you too. And so it is that the Apostle Paul comes to this extraordinary statement in Ephesians 3. and I'm going to read um, from verses 1 through, um, through 11. Now Paul, in the chapter before, talks about how Jesus has taken away, destroyed the barrier There was between the Jews and the non-Jews. Now, talk about a barrier. It was major, a wall between those who were clean and God's people, God's chosen, and all the rest of the people. I mean, they, they just didn't count. Now, the Jews misunderstood God's God's purpose completely. God had chosen the Jews to be his special people so that the rest of the world could see who God was. Mm, The Jews thought, okay, we are it, the rest doesn't matter. No, that was not the idea. So when Jesus came, he destroyed that separation. And now there was no more wall. There was no more separation. There was no more difference. The Gentiles, by the way, that's us. And the Jews were now the same. We were now one body. We are now one body. We, not just white people, all people, not just Americans, all people, not just Dutch people, all people are now the same. So for this reason, I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ, for the sake of you Gentiles, he could have stayed nicely in Israel and he didn't. He went out to preach at great risk, beaten, flogged several times and taken prisoner several times. So surely you have heard about the administration of God's grace that was given to me for you. That is, the mystery made known to me By revelation, God himself made known this secret to him, as I have written briefly before. In reading this, then, you will be able to understand my insight into the mystery of Christ. The mystery, namely, that there is no more separation, which was not made known to people in other generations as it has now been revealed by the Spirit to God's holy apostles and prophets. This mystery is that through the gospel, the Gentiles, that's us, are heirs together with Israel, Israel, members together of one body, and sharers together in the promise of Christ Jesus. I became a servant of this gospel by the gift of God's grace, given me through the working of his power. Although I'm less than the least of all these people, this grace was given me to preach the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and to make plain to everyone the administration of this mystery, which for ages past was kept hidden in God who created all things. Now here comes the important part. His intent was that now through the church The manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms, according to his eternal purpose, which he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. Whoa! The manifold wisdom of God should be made known through the church. This word, the word, the manifold wisdom, manifold, um, this Greek word is. Is only found here. Manifold doesn't even start to um, translate it. It's it a better translation is variegated or um, multicolored. It it is actually the kind of um, the kind of um, word that means multicolored, as in a painting like a a Van Gogh painting that is just crazy with all kinds of colors. Or think of me with all my crazy colors on. Or a field full of uh, wildflowers. That multicolored wisdom that reflects the multicolored heart of God. Wait, what? God wants to show that through the church? To whom? To the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms. We we have a responsibility here, folks, to show not just to the world that we love one another, no matter how difficult it is to love people who are different from us, but to the rulers and authorities around us, the spiritual rulers and authorities. This is no game we play. This is not just politics. This is serious. But listen to this. This is according to his eternal purpose, which he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. Ah, Thank goodness it was already accomplished in Christ. Yes, thank you, Lord. The Lord Jesus has already done this for us. All he's asking from us is our obedience to love. God is displaying his multicolored wisdom in the church for everyone to see. This wisdom is that Christ died for everyone and that everyone belongs to him. So this is our mission work, to bring all people, no matter how different, into the kingdom. That is God's plan. It is God's heart. It is God's mission. We are not engaged in mission work because we have so much, so we're gonna give a little to these poor people. We are not engaged in mission work because our way is better, so we're gonna tell them a better way. We are not engaged in mission work because we have more, so we're gonna give them something. We are engaged in mission work because God is at work there, and he invites us to be engaged with him. What a privilege. And you know what? It's right here, on our doorstep. We cannot say that we are so such a mission-driven denomination, and we love our mission work in Africa, in China in India, in Mexico, and close our heart to those same people from Africa, from India, from Mexico, from China, who are right here. Folks, it cannot be that way. We make a mockery of missions. If we do that, please open your heart that is God's heart for all people. He is at work, and he invites you to join him. I invite you to join him to preach and teach, to love people, because the Spirit is at work to draw all people from all nations to himself. Okay, so we're talking about people in the kingdom and we love them, we love our brothers and sisters. What about the people who are not yet in the kingdom? Well, I would say love them anyway. God does, right? Yeah. Wow. We need a renewal We need more of the Spirit because loving is hard, folks. Sometimes I have a hard time even being lovable to my husband, let alone to my neighbor. So let's pray and let's ask God for a new outpouring of His Spirit. Father, we need you. We need a new outpouring of your spirit. In fact, we need something so new that I'm going to pray an upside-down prayer. I'm going to ask you that you make us blind so that we can no longer see color and judge people on the ground of that. I'm going to ask you that you make us deaf and dumb, so that we no longer judge people on, their first imp- on our first oppressions of them, that we no longer hear their accents, that we no longer say things that we regret. Father, I ask that you cripple our hands so that we no longer can hold on to our resources. Lord, I ask you that you make us lame so that we no longer can walk away from our resources. For Excuse me, no longer walk away from our responsibilities. And Lord, I ask that you paralyze us to our own ways, but carry us, Lord, to your ways. Oh, almighty God, will you rain down a new rain of your Holy Spirit and make this church, this community, a city on the hill that shines with your love, that is open to all who need you. And there are so many hurting people, Lord, that are looking for acceptance, for love, for someone who will tell them of a savior, of a God who is powerful to set them free. Thank you, Lord, that the gospel, this mystery, is known here and can be explained here and can be told here. Let it not be locked up here, Lord, but let it be spread from here. Thank you, Lord, for this initiative to be praying through the summer. May this prayer be powerful, and may it set free the people who are looking for deliverance, for healing, for for answers to prayer, for miracles. I ask all this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen.